Hello and, wel- Radio. Hello and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Donald Mazzella and I'm your host. This is a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. I'm waiting for that music to... Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts, offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. Follow us on uh, Twitter at hashmark2sbdigest or on our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. Now for a look at tonight's lineup. Our first guest, and I have to tell you, this is one of the more anticipated programs we've had in a long time, is Jim Schultz, co-founder of James Allen, one of the nation's premier high-end websites. Jim, welcome to the program. Jim, are you there? Um, uh, Jim, are you there? I sure am. Okay. Well, we, we've had a ragged opening, but I'm sure uh, we'll recover and do very well. Let, let me start by saying when we announced this program a couple of weeks ago, we, we got uh, more emails on this one than any <laughs> other show. So, uh, Is that because start- of the... Uh- uh, you didn't promise that we were giving away free diamonds or anything, did you? Uh, no, no, we didn't even offer a discount. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Donald. Well, uh, Jim, we start off all guests by asking them a little bit about themselves, okay. uh, their personal background. So the floor is yours. Uh, sure. Um, well, on the personal side of personal, um, I'm uh Married, father of five children, and I live out here in the East Coast, uh, which is convenient because it makes, uh, I'm actually in Maryland, but it makes traveling up to New York pretty convenient because I've got to go up there quite a few times a year. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm a family man probably at heart. Uh, and then on the business side, uh, born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, I came out here in the early 1990s, uh, sort of fell in te- into technology in the mid-90s. Um, started working kind of in the beginning days of dot-com. I don't know exactly when the Internet was invented, but uh, I was working in website development by 97-ish, which was fairly early on. And then my interest in diamonds and diamond jewelry was peaked uh, around 1998. At that point, I had met a wonderful woman and decided it was time to get married and I started shopping online and, and being somebody that was comfortable in that space and building websites for other companies, that's kind of where the idea came for me uh, to get into that business. And then fast forward a few years later, and uh, by 2006, uh, jamesallen.com was born, and here we are today. Well, we're going to ask you a lot of questions, but uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Charlie MacArthur and uh, Helen Hayes. But uh, uh, Charlie MacArthur was a famous uh, playwright, um, and Helen Hayes was, as you may know, a great actress. And he saw her across the room one day, and and he took a bag of peanuts, a a bowl of peanuts, walked over and dumped them on her lap and said, (laughs) I wish they were uh, emeralds. And that's how (laughs) he met and married her. uh, Oh, well. Yeah, good for him. That's a great, a great story, and, a, and probably a better introduction than the one I used. 
<laughs> well, certainly the better one than I did. But, uh, uh, you know, years later, he did just that, put some emeralds. But um, we're talking today about uh, 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 selling high-value uh, uh, high jewelry on the Internet. And uh, uh, it, jewelry is not a commodity. It's a highly personal thing. First off, uh, it says you're... <coughs> You were the co-founder. Who's your co-founder? Uh, sure. The the company really uh, was started by myself and a gentleman named Oded Edelman. And Oded, um, at the time that we met, this was in the early 2000s, my background was in technology. As I said, I had been building e-commerce websites for other companies and had taken an interest in diamonds myself. And Oded and his family really had a heritage in the diamond industry. Um, his father had been a, a cutter or manufacturer. His brother was in New York, um, and he was in Israel, and he was working m multiple facets of the business. And like myself, Oded had a very, very strong interest in technology. Um, he's really quite the entrepreneur at heart. And so uh, when he decided that he wanted to take part of his family business and take that online, um, he came to me because that was something that, you know, that I had some experience in. And we put that company together. We were the two original founders. And, you know, we've grown and, and uh, we have a, you know, a, a much bigger board and much bigger, um, you know, set of principles in the company today than the two of us. But that's kind of how we met and we're still together today. Well, how did you come by the name James Allen? Well, um, that's my full name. Uh, my full name is James Allen Schultz, and we decided, you know, we we tossed around a lot of different names, but I think we were we were going with something which was kind of easy to pronounce, easy to spell, maybe had a ring of it that uh, you know sounded expensive, and and it's not that unusual in the world of design to see a design company named after the founder. I mean, I hmm. would love to throw my name out there with, you know, Tiffany and <laughs> a few yeah, of those right. names like that. So, uh, so that's really where it came from. So these days I often introduce myself or I often get called James Allen, even though really I'm James Schultz or Jim Schultz. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, I asked the question because uh, it sounds rich. The name James yeah. Allen sounds rich. I guess I have to thank my parents for that. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go on. Uh, jewel buying jewelry is such a personal thing. Uh, uh, what what were, were your uh, uh, initial thoughts on how to create what I think is a very impressive uh, website? Uh, Give our audience some of the thoughts uh, that went into your decisions on how you did things. Well, you're, you're right in that buying jewelry is very personal. And for many young men, um, the diamond engagement ring, which is primarily our business, is probably the most expensive thing that they m might have purchased, you know, other than a car. Um, uh, in a house if they were fortunate enough to have purchased one that young in life. So, so I think for us, we recognized very early on that for somebody to make a five dollars or $10,000 purchase on a diamond or something that special and that unique, they really were going to have to understand what it was they were purchasing. They were, they were really going to have to be 100% confident that they knew exactly what they were buying. And probably that's going to be a theme, you know, as in this conversation uh, in, in for your business journal, is that that's what I think has been the cornerstone of our success. Better than anybody out there, at least in my opinion, when customers come to jamesallen.com, they know what it is they're going to buy. They know the diamond. Um, so kind of how did we do that? Just a quick segue on that. Back in the day, back in, you know, almost 10 years ago when we started, Oded had invented a camera. I said he was a very techno techn technological guy. Well, being that his family had been cutting diamonds in Israel and they had customers in, all over the United States, he invented this really neat camera that allowed him to put the diamond 
uh, under the scope and take a very, very accurate picture. And with that picture, a store that might be buying a diamond for a customer could look at the picture before they ever brought the diamond into their store. And the first thing that we did was take those pictures and make them available directly to consumers. And that was really one of the first things that made James Allen a standout website was that we were the only website that had pictures of tens of thousands of diamonds, every diamond its own picture. Now, you, you sell diamonds and you sell the rings too, correct? We do. We sell, we sell diamonds, both loose and set. We sell engagement rings. We sell wedding bands, earrings, pendants. Uh, we also sell gemstones like sapphires and rubies and emeralds um, and uh, fashion rings. I mean, if, if you can wear it on your fingers, on your ears, or on your chest, we probably sell it. Okay. Well, now let's go back. Uh, I know in in my uh, my own experience and other, I went out. Uh, um, I went out and I I bought a ring. Uh, well, actually, I never bought an engagement ring, but I bought a wedding ring. But let's. But people I know, they usually uh, couples usually uh, shop together. It's my understanding when, when when we talk about the uh, engagement ring first, and then we'll talk about the wedding band. Um, but do you find that uh, uh, your visitors are couples looking at it together, or is it a, a male surprising, or nowadays even a woman surprising an, uh, another woman? Uh, what what is your average visitor like? Well, it's an interesting question, and it's it's one that we thought we had the answer to, and we realized that we'd been wrong all along. Um, before I tell you the answer, I will say that the, that the average person who buys, uh, the average customer of James Allen is a man. Uh, if I pulled up a database of the last thousand rings that we've sold, I'm going to guess that 900 or more are to men. And so we always believed that it was men that were shopping our website. But when we started to look at all of the, uh, all of the analytics, we actually found that our website is predominantly visited by women. And what it turns out is that I think – as soon as the woman, the girl, gets some sense that that engagement ring or that special purchase might be on its way, she starts to do the shopping, and I think she starts to send the hints. Maybe the email link or the, did you see this beautiful design? And then the gentleman, he actually makes the phone call and gives us the credit card number. Um, but I think there's some collaboration, even if it's not the two of them sitting down at the computer together. We, we do get people who purchase together, and especially the wedding bands, which you, which you mentioned. Um, but the engagement ring, I think she might pick it, and, and he pays for it. Well, I, I often thought that's the case, but uh, 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 I wasn't sure. Uh, I, I watch jewelry, uh, jewelry stores, and I, I look at the couples, and... Uh, uh, I, I often see them looking at things together, and I, but I always notice they walk out. So I guess that does follow through. Do, uh, do you think your purchasing follows what happens at a brick and mortar store? Um, I, I think so. I, I know that the that the diamonds that people are purchasing online are generally larger, more expensive, and higher quality. And I think that's one of the things that drive people online. Uh, that isn't to say that you cannot buy a, a very nice, very high-quality diamond in a store, but primarily, you know, stores are, are going to carry in their showcases um, the diamonds that, that are the least expensive. And the least expensive diamonds are going to be the lowest quality. And so if somebody isn't finding you know, exactly what they're looking for in their locals, let's say the mall, and then they may go online. Uh, or what I really think happens most often is that people go online to do their research, just like they do with so many other 
important purchases. And as they're going and they're visiting the different websites, they check prices. I mean, why why not? They're right there. There's the lists that they can go through. And then for a lot of people, when they take those prices and they take them back and they compare them to the store and they find, um, you know, that for the most part, uh, online say uh, online diamonds are dramatically less expensive for the, for the same quality diamond then that's what makes them start to scratch their head and think well maybe I should maybe I should buy it online i don't think anybody maybe will get there someday but i don't think anybody says i want to buy my diamond ring or my diamond jewelry online i just don't think it happens like that i think they plan on buying it in the store it's only after they realize that there's an opportunity to save a considerable amount of money or maybe get something that they couldn't find locally that people start to spend those dollars through the shopping carts on the websites rather than in the stores. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the wedding bands. Uh, uh, I know... Uh, when I was getting married, my wife had a very specific thought in mind, and, and uh, it was my job to go out and find it. Uh, do you find that happens in, in your business as well, or is that a, a joint purchase? I think the women purchase the wedding bands. <laughs> I think that the women <laughs> tell the man what band he's going to wear. Um, it seems like the guys don't want to wear a band at all. Uh, so the first thing you know she does is say, you're going to wear a band, whether you want to or not. I don't care if it's uncomfortable. You're going to get used to it. And then she says, and this is the one you're going to wear. Um, because it's the women that are that are calling and saying, I need to place my order. Um, sometimes they go matchy-matchy and they get a set that, you know, or maybe the man's is a little wider um, and obviously for a bigger finger size. Sometimes they go with different styles. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're buying it together. But it, and, and I'm not to say that the men are helpless. <laughs> I'm sure that some of them have opinions and they're able to, to, to choose. But, but uh, I, I see a lot of the women kind of driving that purchase. Well, uh, in your experience and, and for our audience, what are some of the things that you've learned uh, over the years that uh, you'd be willing to share with our audience in terms of selling uh, high value on the Internet? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I touched on one of the big ones already, um, which is that the the the, the customer – he, they have to know what they're buying. Um, and I think that applies no matter what it is, but it specifically applies to diamonds. There's this feeling, um, and I don't know why. I mean, I, maybe I know partially why, but, but people are really anxious about purchasing a diamond because they're just so afraid that they're going to be taken advantage of. You know, they understand enough to know that the difference between a real diamond and a fake diamond could be something that's worth $10 and something that's worth 10000 but they don't understand enough to be able to tell the difference. And that's scary for people. And so if you want to be able to, you know, to sell something um, online, as we're calling it, then you better make sure that the customer knows what it is that 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 you know you've you've gotten in front of all of those concerns you've provided them answers to all of the questions that they're going to have better yet you've thought of the questions that they haven't even thought of yet and already answered those um and then and, you know you've backed it all up with a reputation with policies that protect the consumer you know at the top of our website we use a little a little motto that says risk free retail and so in our case you know once you purchase something you're getting free shipping free return shipping no restocking 100% guaranteed um you know it's it's really a a, a no risk scenario and i think that has to be built in and if we look at if you look across the e-commerce space and you look at the companies that have been very successful, they fall into that mold. And I think you know Zappos is, uh, is, is an example that sort of 
was the first one to introduce that idea of order two or three pairs of shoes and return the one that you don't like and we'll pay the return label. There's no risk to you. Um, and, and, and that's, that, that's, that's what I think is necessary. The other part, and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop for a second, is, and this is a big part of us, is customer service. And it's not just customer service, but it's impeccable customer service. Um, it's really, you know, being completely honest, um, com- you know, transparent, uh, friendly. Uh, we're not a commission sales force because we feel like that would get in the way of helping folks and maybe you know, create bias, you know, towards certain customers. Um, and, and just, you know, being there to help and being educated. And, and if you can do all of that, I don't know that it matters whether you're selling diamonds or whether you're selling shoes or whether you're selling cars. I, I think you've got a, a good shot at being successful at it. Well, that sounds exciting. Uh, but uh, let me then ask you this. Do you, uh, do you think, uh, we, we touched on it, but uh, do you think that the online will uh, eventually supplement the uh, uh, brick and mortar or uh, uh, replace, or rather will it be just another channel like brick and mortar? I think the answer might be somewhere in between. You know, um, you may have heard of, uh, you know, like bricks and clicks. Uh, I think that's where you could be going uh, if you're really in some ways we're already going there. Um, But, you know, jewelry is one of those things that is so personal um, that for so many people needs to be tried on and needs to be seen that I don't think the Internet could ever replace the jewelry store. and I think that the the great jewelry stores, and there are many of them, will continue to thrive. Um, my mother turned 70 years old this year, and for the life of her, she cannot understand how I do what I do. Uh, it boggles her mind that anybody would buy a diamond ring or a piece of jewelry online. <laughs> and even though we've got Gen X and Gen Y and everybody coming up, I still think we've got a lot of years ahead of, of you know, jewelry stores being the, the, the go-to market. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not a huge and growing and thriving online market, um, and that's where we want to be. Well, um, it, well, what would be the three things you would tell uh, our audience um, that are key? I know we've talked about it, but I'd uh, always like to kind of sum up. Uh, three things you would tell our audience about selling high, high va- value on the internet. Uh, uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, one of them, like I said, is is, is a great amount, a copious amount of information, um, and, uh, and and third party information if it's available. In the case of diamonds, we can use laboratory certificates. Uh, the second part would be that exemplary or impeccable customer service. Um, being there all the time, um, having highly trained people ready to answer people's questions and do it in a in a non um, pressurized, you know, non um, um, you, you know motivated or, or, or monetarily motivated way um, that might get in the way of, of of doing the best for the customer all the time. Um, and you know, uh, goodness. Uh, the third thing, uh, maybe just uh, maybe just understanding understanding your customer. Um, you, you, one thing I'll say to kind of close this up is, we keep talking about selling online, selling online. I would say to you that we don't sell anything online, really. Um, in, we use the internet in order for people to find us. Uh, we use the internet to get people to call, <laughs> to get them to email. But at the end of the day, we are people. Um, we are, are, you know, we are professionals, and and we take that knowledge and that experience, and we transfer it to the customers. Sometimes it's over the phone, sometimes it's via an email. But that's what comes through, and that's how we are successful. Is just, you know, um, being that resource that they can use and that they can trust. Well, one more quick, quick question. Do you think that, um, at least for the foreseeable future, there needs to be a price differential between a brick-and-mortar and the online in order to be truly effective? Do I think that there needs to be or do I think there will be? 
Oh, either way. Well, um, you know, they, they, it's often said that the online segment has a price advantage, has a cost advantage. Um, and in many ways, that's true. Uh, the rent in, at the mall, you know, in the middle of the mall is some of the highest rent that you can get. Um, we can, you know, an online company can run out of, a, you know, just about anywhere they like. Um, so I think that for, 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 quite a, for, for quite a long time to come, there will be cost advantages. And there's also the sales tax advantage, although that may be going away soon. Um, but does there need to be? You know, I, I'm not so sure. Uh, one of the things that even if the prices were closer, I think a lot of people really enjoy being able to sit on their couch with their iPad in their lap browse through a couple hundred or a couple thousand diamonds or pieces of jewelry or whatever it is that they're shopping for, do it at their own pace, get educated at their own pace, and purchase when they're ready. And, you know, that is not the experience when you're in a store. And so even if prices were closer, which they're not, but if, if they were, um, I, I still think there's a, there's, a, there's a big part of the market that would want to purchase online. James Allen Schultz, I really enjoyed having you on the program. JamesAllen.com is your site, and I, I, I do hope you'll come back again and so we can talk more. Well, thank you very much. I uh, very much enjoyed it. Uh, stay warm. <laughs> As you know, it's a bit chilly outside, So, um, and uh, hope you have a great 2014. I know we're hoping for the same. Same, same to you. Thank you. All right. Good night. Our next guest is Shannon Rose. And I have to tell you, uh, again, uh, it's a real pleasure working with Shannon because he's uh, certainly helped me. He's founder and president of MediaProductions.tv. Shannon, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I have to tell you, I appreciate you, the, you and the efforts of your uh, staff. It's, uh, for, for the last two months, I've been uh, one of your clients, and uh, it's been a, a, a very uh, a positive experience. So that's why well, I appreciate I'm, it. I, know, I hope it's many more months to come. You know, you've been a, pl a pleasure to have as a client, uh, and uh, you know, you, I've heard a lot of good things uh, from the interviews you've done, and we've taken you to the next level, and, and your show is great, and and now uh, you're heard everywhere. Well, we're trying to. And uh, I inv uh, wanted to get you on the program because uh, I've always been a firm believer in, P in P uh, PR as a very strong tool for small business. And uh, uh, I want to talk about that for the rest of the hour. But first, we always ask our guests to say, tell us a little bit about their own personal background. So the floor is yours. Sure. Where do I start? Uh, I started in the entertainment industry when I was 12 years old. I actually have a medical condition. Uh, I have muscular dystrophy, which they just uh, gave me that new title of this past. Uh, you know, I, I'd say you know when you're given a title uh, of a medical condition, you know people are, are, are taken aback. But you know, it's one of those things because I've always had another condition called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and I think I'm given these titles, given these conditions. Uh, I don't call them diseases, you know, if you will, um, because uh, it's a condition that I, I live with and I'm able to, to interact with it uh, to educate people on a national basis. I think that's what I was put on this earth for, is not only to uh, have a successful business and, and, and promote others, but also to promote the awareness of these two medical conditions. But at the, age of, the tender age of 12 years old, the Make-A-Wish Foundation granted me a wish to meet Hulk Hogan. I was a big wrestling fan at that time, and at 14 years old, I actually uh, was at an event, a small event in Tampa, Florida, and the ring announcer didn't show up. Uh, and they, I was a, the timekeeper that let the, the, the you know, disabled kid at ringside and felt for, sorry for him, I guess. But the ring announcer wasn't there, and I've never done that before. Uh, I had both arms in a sling, couldn't move it. They stuck a microphone in my arms, and, or my hands, and the rest is history. So uh, I started the PR business. 
Actually, to preface that, I, I was a radio producer and worked in TV. Besides being on air, I did that, some behind-the-scenes stuff with CBS in Tampa and also uh, for Genesis Communications Radio, which is a locally-owned, which is, you know, you don't hear that too much, locally-owned radio. But, yeah, locally-owned radio in Tampa, Florida, um, and they had other markets, too. And I did a bunch of things, and the, 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 I was told by the, the radio host, Shannon, you not only can do Hollywood but also I think you'd be a great PR person. So, uh, of course, the course of working in radio, you, you get let go because of financial uh, stability at the time. And uh, my first client is still my client today, Chris Markowski, the watchdog on Wall Street, and uh, the rest kind of is, in hi- is history. That's really interesting. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm on a medical marijuana board, and I've learned that the marijuana is a great uh, – uh, help to, to uh, uh, people with muscular dystrophy, and uh, it, it's been a very interesting experience for me. So now, well, I'll be, I'll be uh, honest. I'll be honest with you. You know, I never with the condition. I never was in pain until recently, and then you know they diagnosed. I guess I've had it all my life, but yeah, there's a lot of pain that comes with it. I, I think I have more of the EDS, which is Ehlers-Danlos, more than I do with the MD, so I don't have as much pain. But as I get older, and, the, and the, right now it's very cold everywhere. You feel it, you know. Yes. Well, we all feel it, so. but uh, we we all fear old age. But then, when you consider the alternative, we're happy with it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, let, let, let's talk about uh, PR for small businesses. Sure. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And then, uh, uh, then tell a little the audience a little bit about what you do and how you do it. But. Um, how do you feel about PR for small business? Well, I tell you, you know, uh, I think that PR is needed with small business. I think PR is needed with if you want to take your, your business, your company, yourself onto the next level, it's needed. You know, you, you want to take the next step, and that's what's going to, you know, be of, help, of a help. Uh, you want to take the next step with PR. And what we do, the difference between us and other PR companies, we're very hands-on. You know, we make sure that, you know, we see what's going out there. We not only send emails out, yeah, everybody emails, but we also pick up the phone. But that's the thing is, we, and we've taken clients that were just sitting behind a desk and wanted to take the next step, but they didn't. And what I did is I took them to Fox News. I took them to CNN. I had a local real estate guy that was literally behind a desk, just local Tampa uh, guy, and I took him, and now he's a Fox News national correspondent. You know, but that's the difference. If you want to get big, if you want to grow, if you want to take the next step, that would be hiring a publicist or hiring a PR firm like us. Yes, but uh, what should what should a um, uh, what are the steps to hiring a PR firm? What is the first thing? Uh, what are the th- things internally that a, that a person should do and a company should do be- before go- actually going out and uh, look? Um, seeking out a PR firm? I, the first thing they should do is I, I think they should, uh, you know, look at themselves. Look at what they want to promote. And, and if they don't know that, ask your PR publicist or, excuse me, ask the publicist. See if they – because a lot of times I have clients come to me and I get emails. Honestly, this is what's so fascinating is that our company has been built off referrals. Now, you and I met kind of via email, but most of my clients are, you know, pretty much referred because people love our business. And when I don't see those come in, then I worry. But uh, for the past, since 2007, it's just been interesting to see this little bubble that started with one client grow to almost 80 clients now. And, you know, I, I think you have to look inside yourself and decide, are you ready for that? You know, I have a lot, some clients that say, talk to me and, you know, you got to take that next step. You know, some people are like, "Oh, I don't. I'm waiting. I, I don't know. I don't know." No, you have to take that next step. And if you and you feel you want to promote, and ask your publicist. You know, I don't mind with my clients, like I've done with you and others, working with you to see what would be best to promote you out there as. You know, whether it be an expert or if you're not comfortable with an expert, maybe you want to be uh, an advocate, you know, to promote your, your, your message. I have some charities that come to me that want to promote their message or, you know, the, the, they want to have advertisement, and we promote them out there. Um, we've represented celebrities. So, you know, 
as our name says, eclectic media, and I don't want to be here, you know, I don't want to sound like an ad, but I think to answer your question, the, the answer is this, is you've got to find, if, you, if somebody wants to have PR, they've got to look inside themselves and feel, are you ready? Before you call that person, before you call that company, make sure you're ready for that too. Well, there are some people who are uh, deathly afraid to go out there and uh, speak <clears throat> about uh, uh, to speak about their product or their service, um, even though they have a good product, they have a good service, uh, and they have a good message, they're just reluctant. How do you overcome that? Well, I, I think that you mean overcome someone that's reluctant about starting with us? Or, uh, reluctant to go out there and start speaking about his or her product, about uh, – uh, going on uh, a radio program or a TV program and uh, talking about uh, themselves and their product. Well, if they're re- again, they want to look inside themselves because if they're reluctant, what they need is media training, which we do also, which most publicists, most PR firms do. But I think that they have to be ready. They have to, and if they're not, then they got to evaluate what they're doing because a company. Uh, to get to the next level needs promotion, needs advertisement. I was watching Shark Tank the other day. Love the show because it almost is like the underbelly of what we do. You know, we kind of look at, we get different uh, clients come at us, and, you know, we don't take everything, but we get some people that are referred, and, you know, sometimes we have to turn away. But, you know, what we do is we look at as a product, as, as the person. So, but if somebody goes, like, on Shark Tank, I've seen people not ready to be on there. They don't have all their, their you know, um, everything together. When you're going to a publicist or you're going to a marketing firm or you're trying to advertise your company, your business, and you want to do PR, make sure you have everything that you know that you want. You know, make sure you have your message. A message is so important in doing PR. You know, when I have my clients go on these radio shows, they have a message to say. We pitch it out. We, you know, the main thing is make sure you have your, the right message that you want out there. Uh, well, forming that message, uh, there's a, a new trend in uh, talking about the story, the story as the best way of getting a message across today. Uh, sometimes people don't really understand what their story is. And, uh, uh, and that's what uh, we get, but that's what we do. That we dig, and most PR firms do, is they, you, you, I, when I have a new client, I interview them. I ask them questions. I dig for information. Because everyone, the, the quality to good PR is that you have more than one dimension. You know, I am just not a PR firm. I also am known as Mr. Hollywood on radio. I have two dimensions to me. I work in wrestling. That's three. So you want to find out the, under, the underneath uh, of that person. You want to interview them. You want to find out, you know, more about that person. And, and, and then you'll find out more about yourself. You know, like I had a supermodel that I thought to myself, it's nice to promote the supermodel, and we will promote you as a supermodel, but what, there's more to you, I know. She told me she likes social media. She says social media is what she can talk about. So we talked to her. She actually had a degree in this and that, and I didn't know, and I was interviewing her and asking her questions. Henceforth, we now have a social media expert. So... Well, that, that is interesting because um, uh, in, in my current and past life, we've helped many companies uh, uh, move forward. And uh, I often find that, the, the, uh, to use a newspaper expression, the lead is buried in the third paragraph, and the real value of the company is sometimes uh, buried under uh, a mountain of other stuff. Um, well, I can, t- I can tell you this, though. I think, I think the problem with some companies that they just stay sta- stagnant and just stay at the level they're at because they don't want to take the next you know, step. I told my staff, I says, I, for 2014, will no longer stand for us to be average. I'm above average. I want above average work. That's me. And that's how I you know, reflect upon my staff, and that's how I want my clients to have uh, you know, or anybody I work with, whether it be my Hollywood reports, you know, I have health problems, but I, I don't want, I never want to be, appear weak in everything I do and every business I work in. I, I, I'm a, a casting director. I, I run Rose Casting, and I want the best 
for my clients. But uh, how can your how should clients measure PR success? Well, I think they measure. You can measure PR success. Like I'm watching my emails right now, and my clients, one after another, is getting bookings. You know, it's not about sometimes. You know, the show itself. I mean, I, I tell my clients, you want to optimize your name. You want to get out there. Yeah, there's some smaller shows you're going to do, but there's also the bigger ones that are going to come at you too. And you've done some shows yourself that are pretty big. And, you know, I, I tell them it's about optimizing, about branding your name, especially if you're just starting out like some of my clients are. If you're just starting out. Now, if, you're, if you've been around the business, been around the block, I can understand, you know, they have requests. And, and we always listen. And I, I always say in business, in business, not just my PR firm, you want to listen. And always remember the customer is always right, but you want to listen to your client. That's what a lot of companies don't do, is they don't listen. And I always say it's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's a situation because there's a, there's a solution to fix that situation. If there's a problem, a problem to me you know, is very hard to fix. But I want to fix you know, a situation. I want to do better for my clients. But, again, you know, I think most businesses, again, um, you know, they, they don't look at themselves as having more than one dimension. Well, you know, uh, that's interesting you put it that way because I just saw a study across my desk that said the in uh, sales approach for 2014 is the consultative sell, which is uh, uh, they they called it something else, but it's the old 1970 uh, one of finding out uh, working with your client to solve a problem or take advantage of an opportunity. And that's you find uh, out what you, this is what I was taught, and 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 I was when I started out in all this sales, I was not strong. In fact, I I feel you know I'm I, I'm under the weather now, and I, I you know luckily I'm getting back my strength. But they you know when you have a client or you have a customer you're trying to sell them, you know they can hear in your voice you're weak, and they 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 can go in there and grab you, and and, and it's done. I was always taught I started out being a telemarketer, and I was ingrained. It was I don't want to say brainwashing, but they always be closing the ABC. You know, I always think and I listen to my customer. What is their problem? And sometimes, maybe if I'm having a bad day, I have to push that aside because I know that that person has no idea what's going on for me that day. But you want to listen to their concern, listen to what they're looking for. Maybe you're not seeing what they are wanting. Maybe it's right in front of your face. I watch Undercover Boss. I watch a lot of these shows because it gives me ideas. And I see that people just are not aware of what's right in front of them. And I look at that, I hear, I listen, I take a step back, and I let them know that, yes, we can do that for them. You know, Undercover Boss always surprises me, because how could you work for a company and not know what your president of your company looks like? That boggles the mind. I mean, some of them are very apparent that they're – but some of them actually, they, they, they shave their head and, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, my company, we, we have a few employees all over the – spattered all over the country – we know each other, but, yeah, I, I, I couldn't go to their house, and they'd be like, who are you? You know, they know what I look like. But, yeah, these days with the Internet, you can pretty much see who is what. It is kind of – you think about them like, I guess it's, you know, a real show, but some of the stuff, it's, you know, how they walk into the business. Somebody has to know what's going on. I'm sure the, the manager of the, the unit or something. Who knows? Uh, I, I know. It's but. just uh, um, – But I always, I always think to myself, I'm like, I never had that luck to get $40,000 just for – Packing a cheeseburger, you know, it's like. <laughs> uh, well, uh, um, let's talk about the opportunities in PR. I mean, with the tw- with the cable networks and twenty four twenty four by seven news cycle, um, is, is are the opportunities expanding for uh, just an ordinary Joe uh, le- uh, business leader uh, to to get out there and become someone? Right, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing um, that now radio is going to mom-and-pop locally-owned stations. I'm seeing a lot of that. And that's no problem. That's actually better because they want more of my clients. Um, you know, the national TV, I have one TV network that has my clients on a regular basis. I think you were on one show, too. With them. But, I mean, it, it, the CNN I had, like, in December, you think it's slow. I had one of my clients on, on – two of my clients on CNN. So and we've had them on Fox. And I think the 24-7 news-type formula, they want experts. They want to hear from people other than their staff, you know, their people. They want to hear from others about what's going on in the news. The thing is, with PR, you have to be there right when it happens. 
It's not just about writing, as I told someone recently. It's about being there at the right time and at the right moment, because if you're there, you're going to be the first one that's going to be uh, booked. Well, that's that's true, and I've seen it in my own experience with you. Sometimes I get a call. How how about seven oh six tomorrow morning? Uh, and you also have to be uh, willing to uh, do that, which uh, I know I am. But um, uh, I bring that up Trust only me, to you, you, uh, right. Well, I, I'd love to get you on this show. It's a national show, but they do the show in the middle of the night. But I tell you, a lot of people listen, in, and I'd want to. I'd want because oh. there may be a competition here. But uh, you know, I tell you. I've done shows in the middle of the night. I've done them all hours. Some some clients, you know, they don't mind it. Others do. You know, again, you want to listen to their concerns, and and you try again. Some want TV, only TV. Some want radio. Some want everything. So. Oh. Well, uh, again, uh, this is not a mutual admiration society, but I've uh, I greatly appreciate what you've been doing, and that's well, why I wanted to. Well, you've been a wonderful you... client. Yeah. Well, we try. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, let's just talk uh, uh, briefly. Where do you see the, the, uh, the future of PR uh, in this world today going? Well, I think that PR is going to move into the realm of more optimization online. I think that in our cars, we're going to have online radio. You know, I hate to say that. Uh, I think radio is going to change a little bit. I don't think satellite radio, as everybody was always concerned about. I think blog talk, your show, will be heard in cars all the time. Um, I think that's the move. I think that, um, like, for instance, I'll give you an example. I was in the hospital, I'll be honest, and up front here. I was in the hospital just a couple days ago. And right there in Tampa, they had a computer for the TV. You're able to, and this is in the rooms now, you're able to go online, get a movie on demand, access over 200 TV stations, and email on the TV to your nurse. Now, that's the way of technology is going, that online, everything's going to be online. Everything's going to be integrated. Everything's going to be computerized. I think the PR world is going to go to the online world one day very soon. It is sort of there, and I think it's going to move towards that even more. Well, uh, what about video? Um, uh, video, uh, you know, more and more we see YouTube, et cetera. But uh, what do you think small business uh, should, should be doing in terms of video? Well, I think that uh, video is important, especially with YouTube, and it's about opt- optimizing search engine optimization. I, you know, some of my clients, what I've done for them that have been here locally, of course, if you're in New Jersey or California, you know, I, I don't travel like that. Uh, but w- the ones here locally, I, you know, have, uh, you know, advantageous to be able to work with them. And, and, and filmed them, and what we did is we put it on uh, the real estate guy. We put it on uh, YouTube, and we had, like, segments. Now, of course, you know, if somebody has those, they can always send it to me, and we do, I've done that with some other people all over the world. But what we do is that, again, YouTube video is important because what that does, that optimizes your name because the main thing down the line, years down the line here, is you want to build up just like eclectic media. The first day I was up, nobody knew I was around. You know, but as press releases went out, as this went out, my name, Eclectic, Shannon Rose, blah, 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 I was branded with it. Now when people type it in, there's not too many Eclectic Medias. There's like other Eclectic, and it's Eclectic Media PR. We're trying to rebrand ourselves instead of just being a production company, just PR. And that's what we do is pretty much just PR. Um, so we're rebranding ourselves. I've even taken a hold of what I do and said, hold on, Shannon, we need to fine-tune the name of the company. So, again, every company has to look at themselves, and video is an important part of the future. Oh, and in the name of your company, for, for our audience? Yeah, the media? website is media productions, media productions with an S, dot TV. Um, and we're going to, we're buying a new domain, but we won't confuse anybody now. The name of the company is Eclectic Media Productions or Eclectic Media PR. How did you come up with that name? Well, uh, it's spelled E, for those E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C. Eclectic just popped in my head. Eclectic means a combination of things, and we have everything from singers to celebrity, A-list celebrities to F-list celebrities to to uh, authors, to uh, people that worked in the Navy, and this and this and this. so it's it's a bunch. Of, it's like it's like uh, you're eating stew and you're pouring in uh, steak and you got all these different vegetables. Well, it's an eclectic brew of of stew. Well, I have eclectic 
you know, number of clients. They're a very wide range of clients. So I thought that would be nice to say. And then I had somebody even try to, uh, when I was designing the site, they're like, oh, that's going to be hard to say And I, yeah, at first. But, you know, it, it rolls off the tongue. It's unique, and people know it. Uh, what, what would be your final thoughts to our audience? Well, I think my final thought, I'm going to go back to this, is if you're ready to jump into the world and you want to jump in the world of a higher level and you want uh, to take your business to the next level, to the top echelon, and you want to be, whether it's your business or you yourself, you've got to have those wits to you. You've got to think about it. You've got to make sure that you're ready. If you're ready, then call us. Call a PR firm. Call a marketing firm. Be ready for the next step. Uh, Shannon, thank you for joining us tonight. I enjoyed it. I hope our thank audience did as well. I appreciate you well. having me on. Thank well, you. Well, we look forward, and we want you to come back uh, another oh, time and talk more. Thank definitely. you. Definitely, let me know. Thank well, that's the program for tonight. Today, we, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we will have two more. Uh, what I think will be exciting guests. The uh, they're coming on because you've asked for them. Uh, if you uh, want to send me an email, it's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. You can follow us on Twitter at, uh, at 2, hash mark 2, SB Digest. And we hope you'll join us next week. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you would like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you, and have a good day.